Welcome back, friends. Lost Guy here, and it's time for us to have basically a podcast with the Kylax. Howdy. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yep. it. Long time well, me... fan, first time caller. <laughs> me and Kylax go way back when it comes to the Smite days. And Kylax has an interesting journey because of just things that get in the way in life. And Huge for you, it, it is a deployment. Most of the time, yeah. They seem to get in the way. At least. And before. And I want them to. And before we get, go into that, because I'm curious, uh, just talk about um, how you got started when you wanted to, when you started doing YouTubing. I started doing YouTubing in, let's see, I had just gotten to Hohenfels, Germany. I kind of got bit with the bug again. Because I back in the back in like late '90s, I was into like Ultima Seven, and uh, you know, um, link to the link to the past. Zelda Link to the Past, Super Nintendo, all that stuff. Uh, and I had been out of gaming for so long. I I mean, I didn't even have a PC system at all that could handle anything. And then I was just ended up working with this guy, and he just kept talking and talking. And I was like, it just got the bug back into me to start playing again. So I started playing uh, DC Universe Online. And then from there, I went to uh, went to Smite. And uh, I really got into it, and he was the friend that got me back into the gaming, was into the Smite as well, and he got me hooked on Smite. And I was just playing around. It was still in the open beta days. I was like, you know what? There's, I mean, there's some good guides out there and stuff for, like, you had, like, jungle and stuff like <laughs> that. And uh, my very first video was a was a funny video, but as I played more and more Smite, and as I was looking around more and more on YouTube, I was like, you know, there's really nothing that, speaks to me i'm a very logical person so i started to develop and write out a script for well it was like well i'm learning how to play smite what if i kind of capture what i'm doing to learn how to get better at smite and then kind of relay that to other people and so i started a whole series on that uh, it was a smite lesson plan and it was laid out logically at least for me uh, and and kind of like steps and phases and so forth. So I learned the gods, and then I kind of learned the roles more or less. The terminology and stuff was new to me because I'd never played a MoMA, um, and so they got me into that. And kind of my quirky sense of humor interjected itself every so often. So I would I would think of ideas, and uh, they would encourage me, basically, to make videos and. So that's how I started making videos for YouTube. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember the days back then. Like, um, I don't know. Was it called the Smite Showcase back then or was something else? Uh, Before the Smite Showcase was the Lightning Round. Yeah, it was Lightning Round. Uh, Duke. But it was, but yeah, with Duke. But it was the one with, um, the one yeah. that got you blown up. Like, you blew up a couple times. And one of them was the, the news thing. Yeah, the Smite Inside Edition. Yeah, yeah there was, you go. That was, that was one of my bigger ones. I'm always trying to recapture that, but yeah. Um, it, I always seem to do better when I have a topic, so the Smite Showcase really worked out for me because they would give me a topic and I would sort of think about it for a bit and come up with ideas that I found funny and then just work off there. So uh, when the, the first uh, episode, the first topic came out, which was... Uh, I was trying to think what it was. Interviews? I think it was, yeah. I think it was like interviews or something like that. 
And so um, I had picked up on how to export all the audio files from Smite so I could use the audio files for answers and so forth. And I was like, well, think about it, you know, think about Scylla, think about Naja. <laughs> and uh, it was like, you have all these kids in this in this game? And I was just like, you know, what would I, what would happen? I think it would be funny to me personally if I came up with like an inside edition, you know, scoop on how Smite's using all this child labor and stuff. And then, <laughs> yeah, I remember that part, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think the part that got most people to laugh was the, the portion with, uh, what was that guy's name? I'm so bad with names. Uh, anyway, I, I had borrowed some of the footage from uh, this, the very first Smite showcase where they had Dan. That was it. Oh, yeah. I was Dan, where he's always yeah. just like, is that funny, Dan? Just I, was like, this one. I was like, oh, let me... <laughs> Let me let me use that and be like, well, I'll ask him. Que- I'll ask that video clip questions. I'll be like, oh, are you aware that you're using child labor? And he's just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. So and and trying to use that clip, I was just like, well, I could have him stay there and be just like completely still, and then when I ask him the question, go like that, but it just, it just wouldn't look natural. So what I ended up doing was taking kind of probably about like 10 frames maybe worth, uh, you know, 10 to 20 frames worth of of him just kind of going like this. Mm-hmm. And so in order to make it kind of like a, what do they call it, an idle motion uh, in video games and so forth, or where they make, where your character is oh, just yeah. standing, or it's just standing around. So all it is is just, yeah, it's wobbling like back, that, yeah. back and forth. And so I thought about it more and more. And, you know, so I just, took the frames and then i flipped them and i made them reverse ah and i kept repeating the pattern so he would go like this <laughs> so it, it would look like he's at least doing something instead of just like standing there staring into your soul and do the best <laughs> and that's what got most people so the first time i ran it through i was i was just laughing my ass off just watching dan just go <laughs> like this a little <laughs> Like, are you aware that Smite is using child labor? Yeah. <laughs> and then go back to it while I'm reading my next question, and he would just go on. So, uh, and so that that got their attention, and then uh, after that, you know, it's it's real. It was a real hit or miss. It's still real hit yeah. or miss for me. But uh, Smite Showcase at least gave me kind of a a starting point to to think about because oftentimes my brain works in mysterious ways. I, I like to think as evidenced by some of my videos out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. At least that gives me a, a perimeter to work around. My showcase was very hit or miss, unless you were Artyom. They loved Artyom. They did. I remember that. <laughs> they loved that guy. I'm like, this is insane. That That is why, I, that's what, the reason for one of my videos, actually, was the uh, the Smite showcase uh, movie. The, the The topic was movie trailers. And so it was just like, well, I'll do a movie trailer on the Smite Showcase. So I'll make the Smite Showcase the movie, and then I'll make a trailer for the movie. But the trailer for the movie is introduced, basically introducing itself. <laughs> so it was it was really weird. But in there, speaking of RTM, I was like, so did, did uh, Shilabru, you know, it, I would list off some of their common suspects for picking videos. I'd be like, oh, did Shilabru put in Smith something? What about Spit? Oh, yeah. Like the RTM, it's like, shh. yeah, 
Chich. And then I inserted a line in there uh, as a silent little nod to that. I was like, well, was it edited in such a way as to make it seem like he took a bunch of illicit substances beforehand? <laughs> I was oh, like, geez, oh, yeah. yeah. They had their favorites, and they they, did. they drew from that well very many times. They did. They did. They definitely yeah. did. The, the different topics was interesting. When they did that, it was an interesting challenge. I wanted to do them, but that that took some time to do for those things. Yeah, I remember one of them that you guys did. Uh, you had, did the Fenrir? Was it like a song or something? Oh, singing with Fenrir was amazing. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Oh, we... We made so many things, and then they just didn't get considered. Like, they didn't even get shown in a showcase. I'm like, well, maybe we're wasting our effort over here right now. And just moved on to other things. Because they loved Shilaru and RTM so much. I'm like, we see these guys on nearly every week. So I'm like, we should probably put our effort somewhere else. It was fun editing, but it's also, it was a lot of work editing. Right. But you learn a lot when you do that. And I didn't even consider what well, you said. You reverse the frames for an idol. That's, that's pretty clever. I never even thought of it that. Yeah, some of those things. I can. Uh, one of my latest, my best, one of my latest, best videos, I guess I should say, was the uh, Smite Gods of Jerks, and I, hmm. I picked I picked that up from uh, Remedy's husband. Crap, messy, Soapbox? messy, I'm, messy. Not, fresh. I'm, th I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Smith, think, not, think not, not Remedies. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Messy fresh, and he kind of walked me through on how to use uh, Autodesk 3D to export the models from Smite. So you could export the models, and you could export Ooh. some of their, you could export their animations, and you could basically put them on a green screen, put a green oh. background behind them. And so that's what I ended up doing was, was well, I'd, I'd seen all those Street Fighter. Uh, was it like Ken's a jerk or Rio's a jerk or something like that? Or Rio's yeah. an ass a hole or something like that? Videos where you'll see uh, Ryu like trip somebody <laughs> and you know they'll fall flat face, face face first into the pool or wherever. So I, I used that as a basis and I was just like, well, let me take some of the smite models. I went looking for some fail videos, ended up green screen in their animations and then threw them in there to make it look like you know they were causing the the uh the accidents or the fails oh that's interesting huh that's that's the one where you have a cameo don't you remember ebo comes up to you oh that one oh yeah, gonna say you probably don't remember it's been a <laughs> well, while that was probably it a year has ago. Been years oh man it's been a long time i'm just, just yeah i haven't even thought about the old smite days and i need like trying to remember the videos i made back then and everything well me and jinx made it's mm -hmm. It's so long ago, and just even remembering the guides. And, yeah, did a lot of work in Smite. Yeah. <laughs> did a bunch of things, but yeah, trying to remember all that, like, it's basically memory lane, just thinking about all that stuff, just what was done back then. <laughs> <laughs> all the things we did back then, oh, jeez. Oh, God, the amount of time and effort in making videos back then, and just... It was a time, and learned a lot from those times. It was a time. <laughs> I, I mean, as long as I... Kind of my goal was, if, if I thought it was funny, then I would work on it. Uh, it would make me work harder on it, so... If I, you know, just watching my videos over and over again, you know, watching the same 10 minutes of footage, or the same one, two minutes of footage for 
uh, hours and hours on end. Uh, as long as I kept thinking it was funny, it really would, didn't seem like that much work. This is true. That's my advice to everybody true. out there. <laughs> Just do it. Like if whatever's fun. Yeah. If it's fun for you or if you enjoy it. I enjoyed the logical aspect of it at the mm. beginning when I was doing my smite lesson plan. And then that kind of led me into the, the casting portion of it where you and I met yet again yeah <laughs> over at uh smite scrims i think it was uh i think it was smite scrims and verb was there and verb was there and you were there <laughs> and scarecrow was there oh jeez. and then something with falcon happened and that's how we met remedies i think and hugo i think we met hugo there we met remedies and hugo i had encountered once before on YouTube, I had watched one of his playthroughs and I comment actually commented on one of his videos. Oh. And then we ran into each other again, yeah, through Falcon later yeah. on. And this is such a this is such a memory lane. All the all the old viewers who have still been around <laughs> after all these years will understand everything we're saying. Everyone who has not <laughs> Everybody is, else. I, I should I should explain a bunch of things. Like, okay, okay. So Smite Days, you gotta there's a lot of content creators out there. And just people trying to do different things. We had the casting group, which was Smite Scrims. And so we would actually have teams that were trying to be kind of like in the league and everything. Going against each other and people would be casters for that. And we met Verbalocity there, who's been on some of the podcasts. And we met Hugo, who's been on some of the... Who's been on Scarf Friend Adventures. And some of these other people like Falcon and other names we're just throwing out there. And Shilleru, who works for High Res now, I think, right? Shilleru is with High Res. And I don't know anything about RTM beyond how crazy his videos were. And yes, <laughs> Phil showed up quite out. a bit. I still see some of his artwork and uh, okay. I, follow him on, I follow him on Twitter. He's not really incredibly, I would have called incredibly active, but okay. I, I digress. Yeah, and so this is all just stuff from a couple of years back. And it's just a bunch of funny stuff and just. Uh, what is it? I think the one people might know Remedies from the most is when she did, was the top 10 hottest guys in Smite? Hottest gods? She did, like, they sounded the hottest yeah. to her, or they were just the hottest ones? I mean, that was the one that she got showcased voice, on. Voice packs, I think? I don't know, I don't remember if it was voice packs or just the gods themselves. Because she really liked Uller, I remember that part. <laughs> but, and yeah, that was just all the, the Smite days and all the names from back then and everything. And just, I don't know who's big now because it's just been so long, but yeah, was, Smite was a thing. As, as a lot of us know, Smite was a thing. But digressing from Smite and going on to another topic, I'm really, the, the biggest fan, fascination I have is because you've been on deployment a few times uh, during your YouTube time. And just asking, basically, does that just, what happens to that while you're out? Uh... The, you know, you're never really sure. Every time you go out is different. Uh, this last time I was actually more, I would say, more connected than I have been in my previous ones. I had a uh, civilian internet, basically a, a puck that basically gave me 3G uh, oh. and then rebroadcast re it out over Wi-Fi. So it would connect to this puck by Wi-Fi and that would connect to a cell phone signal. It wasn't anything, it wasn't good enough to game with, especially given where I was at. Um, but you know, at least kept me contacted, connected and, uh, contacted with people on, on Twitter and, um, 
<clears throat> I could watch videos. I really couldn't upload any videos, but I could watch videos. So, um, other than that, it, it, you know, it's it's really hard. I'm being on deployment and not being able to produce any content for nine months. Uh, I'm sure it hurt me in a way. Um, it's a little frustrating uh, for the most part. I wouldn't say I'm the most active content producer. <laughs> uh, I seem to have hit like a comedic uh, dry spell in coming up with video ideas, but uh, needless to say, it, it you know it, it's frustrating and it, and it kind of gets to you and you kind of think and kind of work around it and and my solution is kind of be more try to be a little bit more active on Twitter, I guess, and, and the things that I could do. I would try to do, um, I started picking up drawing and I picked up a graphics tablet now. So I'm trying to work on do my doodles, trying to make them actually, actually work and whatnot. Uh, you saw one of them, I get uh, that uh, pixelated logo of yours that I made. Oh, yeah. That one I did with uh, a mouse though. That's just cause I had some free time on my hands. Right now I'm working on um, drawing a, a few comics, web comics here and there. I haven't Ooh. actually started publishing anything. I kind of want to get together. Um, they say like get together months worth of content before you come out and so forth. But uh, I ran one past Jinx. She said it was pretty funny. Well, that's good. It's um. Oh, I got to talk about this. So a funny thing. It's like um. Web comics are a big thing for me and Jinx. Uh, when we first met, we we read a lot of like she introduced me to web comics, and then so I read a bunch, and we both have read a bunch of web comics. So yeah, she's the right person to talk to. <laughs> she really <laughs> likes web comics. Yeah. And there's a group uh, called uh, they're not together anymore. They were called Half Pixel, and mm-hmm. they wrote a book called How to Make Web Comics. There's no oh, like yeah. it's like the book like with Scott McCloud, how someone had to write the book about just drawing. Like, they're the guys who wrote, well, no one's written a book about how to make webcomics, and they wrote that. And it's got a lot of good advice, not just for about webcomics, but also marketing. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of technical stuff in there. Like, they even talk about just gutters and things like that, or your mm-hmm. comics, if you can do it that way. And so they're a good one to check out. But, yeah, um, I saw that on my uh, search engine when I went through Google, and I said, hey, <laughs> web, show me how to how to make webcomics. What are some of the pitfalls that I should look out for? And that's where I picked up the 30 days thing. And, you know, of course, our first first advice is always generally the same. It's just like, well, don't put the cart before the horse kind of thing. And, you know, focus on your art and focus on your comic first and then worry about the marketing and worry about the the, the Twitter verse and, mm-hmm. you know, your search engine optimization and all that other technical mumbo jumbo jargon. Yeah, uh, having a product worth showing off and then going from there, I suppose is the way to put it. Yeah, definitely. The, the way comes. Yeah, well, I got to work on making my scribbles actually visible and actually discernible. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, that's a, that's a person. That's not a chicken. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> that actually been a comic about chickens this whole time. Could be, you know. <laughs> Sometimes that happens, you know, you start with one idea and the more you work it, you work it and work it and try to massage some of the dialogue or try to massage some of the, the scenes and so forth. And another idea springs forth from it. Uh, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to work 
an idea now for RTO for the webcomic, but uh, I just can't seem to get my mind around it. But the idea has changed a few times already. So, I mean, just keep plugging away at an idea if you think it has merit or trying to mine it for comedic gold. Just keep plugging away. You'll figure out an angle on it. Oh, yeah, just you chip it away. And the more you look at it, the more you, you, the more you notice. It's an interesting thing about anything. Just look at it more, you notice the cracks. Like, not not the cracks like in battle, but like cracks of detail, I suppose, is the right way to put it. Like, you notice just the detail. <laughs> That's the best word to put, I guess. Like, the lines, like, each line and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm wording that weird. But, um, I don't know, I, I really like webcomics, so it's cool to hear that you're making one, so I'll want to check that out in the future for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll shoot you over a rough draft drawing. Uh, for a couple of, I'll form, I form out my rough, like I'll rough sketch something like super rough where you can barely tell. It's almost it's like probably a step and a half above stick figures, but it's, <laughs> it's not nearly anywhere that's ready, but it's more like, Hey, let me rough sketch this idea so that I can ask somebody like, Hey, is, is this funny? Is this not funny? Or is it just funny to me? Cause that, that often happens to me. I'll be like, I'll be like, oh man, this is so, this is so effing funny. I'll be like, ask somebody else, and they'll just be like, uh, I don't get it. I'm like, well, you gotta. And I'll be like, oh, if you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. And it does half, depend. Half the problem. I, it depends on the person if they get it. Like, it's it's always a question of how niche your humor is, or how widespread it is, or even if it's on the pulse of whatever audience you're looking for. <laughs> And stuff like that, depending on which audience and stuff like that. Uh, there's, um, because there's, there are, of course, this has become a webcomic talk now. Uh, there's like the comics where, uh, there's not a lot of detail, but there's pretty good humor, which is like, you could say like XKCD, like that, that guy's really popular with stick figures, but just having an interesting humor about the things they talk about. A lot of math, a lot of math in XKCD. Then right. you have dinosaur comics, which... For literal years, it's just the same four stills, and the guy just makes jokes with just that. And that's all he's done, and it's kind of amazing. We have something like Chainsaw Suit, where the detail's gotten better over time, but at first it's it's not the most detailed stuff. Like, it's pretty stick figure at first, but he's gotten better over the years at how it is. But it's just three panels, and Mm -hmm. it's pretty interesting, the mix of how the humor goes. And it's been pretty funny uh, for many years. Uh, with that comic, and it's just it's just him with his natural humor, which you, of course you build up over years and years and years of being funny. It just gets stronger, right. and uh, that's a pretty popular web comic that's just not very much drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And so that's always a thing you can do as well as if your if your writing is really strong, then you have to you don't have to be amazing at the art at first, but yep. then of course you're you can of course improve at your art of course. All right. That so I don't know. I think I'm just saying like um, make both sure you're... writing and art are both things to work on, right? And if you're really strong at one, then it can it can hold you over until the other one comes along, I suppose. Oh, that makes perfect sense. That kind of balances the other one out. Like if your if your writing's really strong and you're really funny, I mean, if your writing's really funny, you can you can get some leeway on the art artistic side of it. Yeah. At least that's that's always been my experiences. I've seen people, they'll forgive not the best art if they really like the writing. 
and yeah. uh, they'll forgive the they'll forgive crap writing if the art is beyond amazing. But if you can pull off both, holy crap! True, uh, it's going to be a while before I can pull off the art side of it, but <laughs> the writing side, I would like to think I have a, a decent handle on. Well, we we always we constantly see that it you know growth is just it's a matter of time and also effort like time plus effort uh for growth and then for success you also have to add luck and opportunity in there but you Definitely. see like uh, I think he tweeted today Steve sketches I don't know if you follow Steve but he showed I do the difference between 15 years ago and today yeah did you see that I did, one I did see that that was a uh, pretty oh. pretty sweet it was like a fighter kind of guy mm -hmm. that's pretty awesome I was like damn Steve because yeah. Because he was in Smite as well, and he drew so much fan art uh, for Smite. I don't know what he's drawing these days, but I, I've watched him a few times, and it's just impressive how good he is. It is. He's a he's a really nice guy as well. If you, I've I've visited some of his streams uh, a few times, watched him do some work, and you can tell he'll interact with his chat. I mean, his chat even will submit them, submit him some of their drawings, and he'll be like, "Well, okay, I can see where you're improving." You know, just keep keep trying, keep going. Uh, he's always he's very uh, supportive. Uh, he doesn't think anybody's trying to take his job away from him. So I mean, that that's that's great. Steve sketches. I love Steve. He's he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. I hope to be someday at that, even half that level of that <laughs> he's that he's at. But who oh, knows? Did show he showed fifteen years. Like he's like well, here's the difference in fifteen years. Like. <laughs> Everyone starts somewhere. True, that is that is true. Start with stick figures, and people are always just like, "Oh, I can't draw, I can't draw." And I said that for the longest time. They're like, "I can't draw, I can barely draw stick figures." Blah 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 blah. And then <laughs> this last deployment, I, I, you know, every deployment I try to pick something, I try to learn something new, or do something new uh, for myself. Sometimes it's good, like drawing. Sometimes it's not so good. One deployment, I got really, really good at Madden, like crazy good at Madden. Uh, huh. I was playing all Madden, and I was just killing the computer. I was killing everybody in my office uh, <laughs> at the time. So uh, it can be a good thing, and it can be a bad thing. But uh, just trying to get better, and uh, the more I, I looked into drawing, it's just like that's where it all starts. I mean, you start with a basically a stick figure, and then you can just kind of shape it around and that's how a lot of my drawings have gone and you can see some of those video I actually uploaded a couple of my videos of the drawings that i did with a mouse just a mouse and ms paint and you can see where i started with was just basically like oh here's the body and you know you got stick arms and uh, stick feet and here's the hips and so forth and i just kind of built off that and just went from there it takes me a long Took me a long time to do those, but uh, you know, it's, like you said, it's a starting point. I'm I'm sure uh, Michelangelo just didn't wake up one day and start sketching the Sistine <laughs> Chapel. You know, it's got to put true. in some time. Like you said, got to put in the time, got to put in the effort. It's, it's what it is. I don't, uh, that's always just the thought I always has. Just put in the time and the effort, and it's with anything. Like it's you can you can apply that to a lot. Though of course, exercise. Like if you want to hit a certain uh to an extent you know body type you want to go for like look at the rock oh that, man the man that i don't know if he even sleeps is the rock and yeah 
Holy crap. Just if you look at his older movies or just when he was a wrestler to now, he's just so much more muscular and just more depending on the movie, how more defined he looks. Oh, definitely. I think he and, gets up at like four o'clock in the morning or something to start working yeah. out. And you saw the, 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 I guess it would be commercial. He did uh, with the, the, the Siri commercial or Siri commercial. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just like, trying to fit everything and the kitchen sink into his schedule and it's just crazy he's such a busy <laughs> schedule guy like it's you want to see the uh the absolute um the opposite to procrastination is the rock that's what he is because he's constantly working on something yeah crazy <sighs> just that that's that's what a timekeeper is someone who can just really manage their time is is the rock and he does so many things he's doing like movies and shows and more movies and shows and appearances and I, I don't know how the heck anyone can do it, but he does. And that's crazy. It's just crazy. I think he's figured out a way to put more hours in the day. That's the only explanation. <laughs> I but he's actually, with. he's just a time Lord. Figured got, it out. Got a little pocket dimension he goes to and he sleeps for eight <laughs> hours, but here it's like uh, one hour. There you comes, go. And he comes back. It's the only, it's the only viable explanation. It's possible. <laughs> For how he's able to do like all the voiceovers and all the work that he does, I'll buy it. I would buy that because geez, she just does so much. Yeah, oh, that that too. Well, he did like what Moana. He was Maui. It was just doing so much. Oh, oh, this is the everything. The this this podcast is wherever the hell my mind goes, or the or the guest mind goes. And the question I gotta ask is: You are a parent. Your thoughts on Disney movies? Because I... in Every movie, one or both the parents die. And how does that feel as a parent? Bringing your kid to a movie, a Disney movie, when that is always the case. It's just a translation from comics. I mean, look at all the, the comic books and uh, how many superheroes have their parents die. So Batman, his parents de are dead. Superman's parents are dead. Uh, I mean, you could the list could keep going on and on. Uh, a lot of tragedy, mm -hmm. but but uh, most of the time, my daughter never even really noticed. It was never like, oh, oh, daddy, they're, they're, her parents are dead. And it, <laughs> it was ne it was never that. It was more of a, uh, you know, the, the songs, the bright colors and so forth. It depends on their age, but mm. for the most part, like right now I have my daughter just turned eight years old. She's not really into the disney as much anymore like oh. she was big into frozen when it came out what was that two years ago yeah. three years ago and then moana came out of course mm -hmm. this last year and she she could take or leave that but my two-year-old granddaughter ugh, i hate saying that but my two-year-old granddaughter just loves moana loves all the songs so sit through it you know 800 million times a day <laughs> uh, so it all depends. <laughs> Disney definitely has their um, formula in place for for capturing the the younger viewer, the younger audience, if you will. So, shiny songs, uh, upbeat, so forth. But you have to admit, Moana did not have any dead parents. True, that's very true. Did have a dead dead friend though. That was a, that was the only thing. Was the chief's brother oh, yeah. or friend? Yeah, his, his, friend. his friend. Yeah. His uh, friend. What was it? Uh, Moana, they did so much effort to just subvert, to just be different. 
Because because Maui calls her princess. She's like, I'm not a princess. You're a chieftain's daughter. You're a princess. Like they did stuff like that, and there was no love story for once, finally. And I I don't know. I've listened to Moana soundtrack at least a couple hundred times myself. I really like that movie. I guess. I like the soundtrack. I'm a huge soundtrack fan. I, mm-hmm. I love Disney soundtracks, uh, musicals in general. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of musicals. As nerdy or geeky as that makes me sound, but you know, <laughs> I love Fiddler. I used to have Fiddler on the Roof CD. Ooh. I would listen to Fiddler on the Roof all the time. Uh, Music Man. I still have the Music Man CD somewhere around here. Um, so, you know, I I like musical numbers. They're and I like musicals. In all honesty, if I could sing better, I might actually go out for a musical someday. <laughs> this is a funny thing. Um, I took acting earlier this year, and my my professor, she was a voice actor, so I got some tips from her, but she was talking about musicals. And she, what she said was, what they found with musicals was when they, they, they did brain scans of people while they're watching musicals. And what they found was, when people see musicals, they actually feel the same energy as the people on stage. Like yeah. they the the same brain patterns going on. Like they they feel like they're dancing and singing. I'm like that is that is insane, really. And and you get like musicals are quite catchy. They really they'll grab you. And so that's pretty that was pretty interesting to hear. Uh, the only musicals I've seen I've seen Heather's. Um, yeah, they made a musical out of that movie. I was gonna um, say that was, a, that was a movie. I remember the movie. I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't know they actually made a music. How do you make a musical out of Heather's? I'm gonna have to in- look this up. <laughs> it's insane. That, that it is, was pretty good. Crazy. It was pretty good, pretty intense. Um, I saw Wicked. Uh, pretty good. Wicked's insane. The the amount of production value in Wicked. And I've only heard Hamilton. Have you heard Hamilton though? I've I've heard some of the songs. I've you know I've heard people rave about it, but I haven't actually seen it. Or heard the soundtrack, but I've heard people rave that it's the you know the greatest musical since you know, West Side Story or whatever. Ooh. But if you're into musicals, I I definitely highly recommend. I mean, just some of the classics. West Side Story is great. Um, the R- Romeo and Juliet retelling, I guess I wouldn't say Basically. modern telling because it was like 1950s that when it came out or whatever it was. But uh, a side story is good. Oklahoma's good. Fiddler on the Roof. If you have time for Fiddler on the Roof, Fiddler on the Roof is amazing, hilarious. Tevia is just—I think you would get a huge kick out of Tevia. He's an—he's a hilarious character. He's the—he's the dad in the story in the musical. But he's—he's he's hilarious, especially uh, when he's singing about if I were a rich man. And he's talking about well, if I were rich, you know. I'd be kind of humble and I'd have this big, huge house and I would do it all so I could, uh, you know, go to the church and pray every day because he's Jewish. And I, I, I can't recommend it enough. The only problem, the only downside to Filler on the Roof is just it's really long. It's a really huh. long musical. I think it's like okay. three hours long. Hamilton's four hours. <laughs> wow. Okay. I take like, that back. <laughs> it's like, holy crap. Like, I uh, like Hamilton's four hours, um, or just even a D Shakespearean plays like Ham- Hamlet. Another Ham is like four hours. <laughs> Actually, it, two and a half, no, no three. It, it's it's a freaking long play. Like there's a lot of really long things. Mm-hmm. Um, at least we're not the Greeks, where like a play was like eighteen hours, just one play. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, what else? What else are you gonna do besides get, like 
Very true. What else are you gonna do back then? Crazy. Um. Uh, oh god, if you could see, was it the old Smite stuff? The voices I did then. Mentis trying to do voices now. Very different. Uh, the only one that probably stays the same always is Fenrir because it's a certain voice. Right. Like because when you're doing like there's nothing else I can do with that thing. There's not. It's just in a set area and it just goes. Well, other thing, everything else you can go up and down a little bit with it. Very graveling. You can't do like a high pitched Fenrir. <laughs> oh jeez. You know. You know. You know what would probably bring me back to Smite is if they made kid versions of every god. Like they have, they have Kid Hades and Kid Ra. I'm like, oh my god, I kind of want to play Kid Ra. If they did little puppy Fenrir, mm. oh god. Besides the Ratatoskr Fenrir, like, right. That would probably bring me back in because I don't. I like, I just liked Mini Mini Hades, and then I see Mini Ra and it looks too damn cute. I'm like, okay, I kind of want to play Mini Ra, um, <laughs> just for fun. And so if they did like puppy Fenrir and just whatever else, I'd be like, okay, I kind of want to. Kind of want to come back a little bit, hmm. but oh, the journey of voices is interesting, and I I've talked to quite a few uh, voice people. Um, well, I was at Comic Con, and so I got to meet some voice people. I got to meet a voice director and a voice actor and some other things. Mm-hmm. And, and it's talking to different people. You get different advice from different people, <laughs> and. Uh, the the first overlap I've ever gotten was finally, um, besides them talking general when they talk to the crowds, it's like, take breaks and things like that. But the one that I've heard a couple say is, take acting classes. Yeah. Which makes sense. It's voice acting. Yeah. That so makes perfect sense. And and really, it's what well, we're doing the voice, the voice LPs right now. Mm-hmm. And that's to improve the voice work and everything. Right, right. And that's my way of going on the grindstone on that is uh just doing voices every day uh, to get better at them and just make more voices i guess and improve on that so it's an interesting journey doing that cuz that is hell on the throat <laughs> yeah some of them can be i have seen i've started watching your phoenix right um voice playthrough what yeah. you call it let's play mm-hmm. voiceover or whatever you want to call it, it voice lp is what i'm calling it yeah voice lp there you go Lost scarf, patent pending, voice LP. <laughs> but, I, uh, I want to believe I'm the first one, but no, there's other people have done it, but I want to do it enough that it'd be something very interesting. Well, the, there's a couple of similar ideas out there that I've seen. I don't want to burst your bubble. Of but, course. I mean, uh, keep it up. One of the one thing I would suggest to you is I started following a guy called John Bailey, and he's the guy who does the Honest Trailers. Oh, he's the voice of the honest trailer. So he'll be like in a world, you know, he's kind of got one of those yeah. deep, deeper voices. I wouldn't really say as deep, but he does impressions as well. So he, he does, uh, uh, he's done, uh, uh, he's, he does a pretty kick, but Christopher Walken impression, uh, that I've seen him do. And he'll do, he'll play a video game. And then he'll play it as like a character. Sometimes from that game, like I think he did uh, Michael Fassbender, and he did a playthrough of uh, not playthrough, but he did a one shot, if you will, of uh, Assassin's Creed because the movie because <laughs> the movie was coming out, and yeah. he's he's pretty spot on. And his Christopher Walken is Christopher Walken. It's amazing. Is, oh God, really? Wow. He's got it. He's got a fever. It's 
Descriptions, more cowbell. <laughs> Gotta have more cowbell. Oh, well. But I have a lot of respect for uh, anybody who can not only create voiceover stuff, but also you have to think about it as maintaining that voice you know, for any oh. number and any combination of dialogue, you just got to think about it. This is like, how would this voice say X, Y, or Z? You know, the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog uh, kind of <laughs> situation. So and you got to get the inflection right and the, the pronunciation. And if you have a little lisp or you have another speech, not impediment, but oddity, I guess, or, uh, yeah, this is why I've always liked voice actors so much because they can ju they just make voices or they do something can be quite prolific in their voices in a way. Uh, what's crazy is Tara Strong. Yeah, like she's voiced so many female characters, and they do have distinct differences to them. And when you actually hear Tara Strong's actual voice, you're like, "Whoa, that's her real voice!" Yeah, she's like, hilarious. Uh, yeah, she is. But uh. And go back to John Bailey. Mm -hmm. If you follow his YouTube channel, he actually does voiceover one-on-one stuff. So he'll be Ooh. like, uh, you know, if you're looking, you know, um, practice, you know, get yourself a demo tape together. And this is where you can get some of your scripts to read from, from this website. Uh, you know, here's a couple of websites you can go to like voices, one, two, three dot or voiceover, one, two, three dot com or huh. something like that. You can, you can put yourself up there for free and look around for maybe some voice acting work because there's always stuff going around, you know, local radio commercials, mm -hmm. nothing, you know, countrywide or huge, uh, yeah. for first off, but you know, something to get your feet wet or to make a little bit of money. in. so something to look in, something for you to look into if you want that to. Is, that is interesting. I didn't know about that. Nope. That is one of the more, that's one of the interesting things about doing these, uh, these podcasts is, uh, as I'm talking to different people, I'm learning from them. I'm definitely learning from all the different people I'm talking to. And so that's something I did not know about. So you gotta check that out for sure. That's interesting. That is cool. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, there's, there's always something new to learn. That's, that's why you talk to people. Why we're not islands. We can learn from each other a lot. That's what happens. And that's kind of why all those collaboration groups happen. Like everyone's just trying to collab and learn from each other or grow together, stuff like that. And that's why we ran into each other in multiple collaboration groups. Multiple. Several. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I enjoy collaborating with people. It's, it's just hard uh, trying to make some of the time work and, you know, given the tools that we had in smite i would I, I would think that some of the stuff that we created is pretty pretty dang uh technically sound for what we had to work with <laughs> oh like, dear oh, god yes i have some chicken wire i have some bubble gum uh, let me smash these together and see if i can make a ham radio oh <laughs> uh, yeah everyone had to macgyver so many things because smite was not the best thing to work with yeah i remember your uh <sighs> Was it your? It was Machinima about Huyi and his ricochet. Oh, yeah! Like, I remember you. Remember you posting about that, having to get the to get the shot oh. over and over again, and trying to 
the scene and the timing and all that other stuff. I remember that, the headache you were telling you're tweeting about that. That was weeks of work. That that one two minute video was weeks of work. It's just oh my god, that so much effort because it was yeah. You try to be technical. Like this is when I was really experimenting. This is a little bit before I quit. Like if if I didn't, maybe I would have done more of these technical. Like because I wanted to do like technically how the balls did he make that happen kind of videos. And so I, I did that with the whole Yi Ricochet shot, where it's, he only bounces two or three times off things. And the whole idea was, it bounces, 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 bounces just everywhere, and then as one continuous shot. And so it was meticulously just going around and making the shot, seeing where it bounced, and then just continuing the shots. And doing it a bunch of times, where one of these shots is going to line up to be the right shot I'm looking for, kind of thing. Where it's, it's just doing, like, a bunch of shots in this kind of cone, and then this is where it landed, so do a bunch of shots from here to here in a, in a cone, and then over and over again, and so it was just so many shots, so many recordings, and finding the ones that lined up, and, oh god, recording that in Spectator was a freaking chore, that took a whole day, twice. Spectator is not uh. very friendly, but uh, I digress. Oh, man. It, you ever wonder, and I've always wanted to know this, no. uh, just from me working on videos, there, for me, it, there always comes a certain point where I'm just like, ah, F it, man. And it's, it's, just, it's just not worth it. I've been working at this for X number of hours, and it's just, you know, it's, it, it is what it is kind of thing. You know, you're just like, I'm done. I can't, I can't look at this anymore. I can't do anymore. Because if I keep fiddling with it, I'm just going to, keep messing with it and never produce it. So do you ever, do you ever reach that point? Because I have a, I get the feeling from our interactions and from our time together, which has been very special to me, <laughs> but I have a feeling from, <laughs> from our interactions that you're kind of a bit of a perfectionist. Don't take that the wrong way, but. Um, uh, I wish I was a perfectionist. No, it's. Um, oh, what? Exacting. Then maybe um, would be a better word. I'm not sure. Uh, it is. I wanna. I wanna get the perfect shot, and if I can't, then I have to make it work. That's. I I've learned to adapt. Like you have to adapt, I guess. And it's like if this doesn't work, well, then you gotta. How can I fiddle it to work, or do I have to go in and make another shot? Do I have to take another shot to do it? And so I'll I'll take another shot to do it. And so I don't, I don't meet the deadlines. That's what happens. Like when they did the weekly things, like, all right, well, I'm going to get this done two weeks after the deadline for that because I wanted, I couldn't get the shot or it's partially because that damn spectator. Oh my God. But, um, uh, it, I don't know. It's sometimes there are limitations. You just have to work with them. But if you can make the shot happen, you make the shot happen. I don't. I'm a perfectionist who can't be perfect, so I, so I, I know that. That's the thing. So it's like, all right, this is the best I can do. Let's make it work. Like okay. I've learned that you have to adapt. I guess. And Jinx, That's what I've learned. Jinx can feel free to uh, splatter something <laughs> on there. Objection. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, the things Jinx has had to do. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, we can do these things, right? And this is like, no, no, we can't. Oh, well, we can. With ten hours of work, right. yeah. Um, it, speaking of jinx, one of these one of these days, I will. Is it like Teller? Like she's yeah, like she's Teller, teller. And Penn and Teller. 
I, I will hear. It's it's funny you mentioned Teller. Penn and Teller, um, well, the love or, love or hate them politically just because they've gotten way more, what's the word? Um, they've gotten more, more talky over the years about what they feel about things. But um, those guys are dedicated to work. Uh, they've done literally thousands of shows. Uh, they do not stop working. It's kind of crazy with those two. Uh, they're constantly crafting and making new tricks. They are constantly doing shows. They make a schedule and they stick to it. Penn has been in the hospital a few times. He leaves the hospital, goes, does the show, goes back to the hospital. He's done that a few times. He's kind of ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I think Pet Teller's in the same thing. Like they don't do the show without the other. Um, uh, they, they're maybe a little too crazy about it because Penn has worked the day his his parent each parent died. He worked those days as well. And Teller things happen to Teller, and it's just kind of crazy. Their their work ethic is ridiculous. What well, they just keep performing, and they so they've literally done tens of thousands of shows because they've kept at it for that long. And so it's just funny you brought that up because they've been at it. And the weird thing that I always find weird about it is they're not friends. Uh, they're just two guys who work together. That's that's it. They don't hang out. Oh, I, I've so always like, found that uh, interesting. Myth, Mythbusters. Yeah, they're like Mythbusters. But as far as I know, they don't have any dislike for each other. They've just always had a professional relationship this right. whole time. What I know is with Adam and Jamie, they have their good days and their bad days together. Is my understanding. Mm-hmm. It's funny though because. Mythbusters was Jamie's thing, but she's but he's like, I'm not that interesting. We need another guy here, and and that's how Adam shows up, right? And that's interesting that relationship. Um, I always got to have your Abbott to your Costello, or Costello oh, yeah. to your Abbott. I guess it would be, mm-hmm. or your Abbott to your Abbott, and don't work out. It just doesn't work out because you, <laughs> you have you have one straight person, and, uh, <laughs> and you, then you have your goofball person. My one, I, it's still one of my favorite ones of all time. Is who's on first? Oh, it's hilarious! I mean, oh, just man. The, just the timing on it, just to listen to it over and over again. Uh, I mean, when we did our collaboration on who's on Hunter, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I it, it's 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 still funny. The idea is still funny, but you know, I I I can just hear it. I can hear uh, listening to that and then comparing it to the actual who's on first. I mean, you can mm. hear. You could tell they've they've just done it so many times they they can they know the exact moment when to be like who who's on hump who's on first <laughs> I'm not talking about that guy I don't know third base you know it it's just those pauses and uh, comedic timing is just amazing there's no better example of trying to figure out timing for a joke uh, than go watching who's on first. Oh yeah, just the art of comedy is amazing. Um, another one is the Marx Brothers, which is amazing. Is the Marx Brothers? They would do a tour, they'd do a show, and they'd catch all the parts that landed and the parts that did not land, and then they would work those, rework those for the next show, and the next show, and the next show, and the next show. And when the tour was over, they had a show where people were laughing the entire movie. I mean, the entire show, and they turned that into the movies. Wow. That's interesting how they're just meticulously working on something for months and then it becomes the movie. And then, I mean, they still do that today. I was watching, this was years ago. I watched, this was back when Dane Cook was huge. So I think it was about <laughs> 2008, I want to say. Maybe, maybe a little bit before that, 2006, dating myself. But uh, 
and it was him going on tour with some of his stand-up comedian brothers and friends and it showed one guy he started his bit like he was like well he started with the idea he's like well what if people are always telling me i kill them with kindness so he built on that idea it was like well what if i literally killed people with kindness be like opening the door for somebody and be like oh thank you Ugh, you know and they fall over and die and that was that was the whole joke and so you saw him tell it for the first time and he'd be like oh hey this is my this is a new joke and blah 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 and then you go into the joke and dane afterwards dane was like hey hey don't tell him that it's you know that you're working this joke or that you know this is your first time or whatever just go into it and you can see the evolution of the the bit the joke uh, from where he started with, and then at the end of it is, you know, a, a more polished. I wouldn't say it was, the, you know, the funniest joke I've ever heard, but you could you could definitely see uh, where he was able to get more humor out of it and get more, apply the art of comedy, like you're saying, uh, to this joke uh, to make it work. And so I thought that was, that was interesting. So they still do that today, but I did not know that about the Marx Brothers. That's uh, very interesting. It's it's just uh, always just working like um, what is it? Yeah, you, you always have to rub your pearls to keep their luster, uh, keep them shiny. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before. <laughs> um, uh, it's it was it was a it's a quote from some like Catwoman type character. They're like, you make sure you're always rubbing your pearls because if you don't, then they'll lose their shine. Which which he's saying is like keep your skills up or else you get rusty kind of thing. Right. And huh. yeah, just I'm rub usually, your pearls. I'm usually, I'm usually pretty good with quotes and uh dialogue. <laughs> I don't recall uh, that one. So even so many references. Even from Holly Berry's terrible cat one, which I <laughs> oh, have seen, but I only saw once. Oh, so wow. <laughs> Maybe that was from that movie, but I'm not going to go back and watch it just to make sure. There's so many Catwomans. Um, just talking about comics for a moment. Catwoman and Batman getting married. Is that going to happen or not, you think? I don't know. I used to keep up. I used to be really big into DC. Uh, also, late eight, late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, I got a crap ton of uh, comic book stuff over here. I read a lot of Spawn and Deadpool, <laughs> but like uh, DC Rebirth had just brought me back. DC Rebirth has been amazing, in my opinion. It's been pretty good. Have they gone away from the multiverse again? Are they still in the multiverse? If they're, they're still in the multiverse. Uh, there's an event coming up soon. Uh, are you familiar with The Watchmen? Yeah. Yep. Those books were amazing. Um, God, those books were amazing. But they're bringing The Watchmen in. Something with the Watchmen is coming up uh, really soon as a big event for DC, or at least for Batman and Flash. I know for sure, and maybe Superman. But the Watchmen they, are coming. I think they did that event with the smiley face, the button. Yeah, yeah the, the button. button. And so button. when I went to Comic Con, they gave a bunch of buttons for the mm -hmm. countdown for it. And I, I believe it's supposed to be for the holiday. It's coming, or huh. if it's happening right now, then whoops! I haven't been paying attention the last couple of weeks <laughs> because I've just been busy. But um. There's a the big event with Watchmen is coming because they they teased Mr. Fantastic a couple months ago. Uh, not Mr. Fa Mr. Manhattan. <laughs> Mr. Fantastic. Oh my like, god, wow. that happens. Watchmen changed. <laughs> Whoa. 
How much? Whoa, so that's what happened to Fantastic Four. Whoa, they came over to DC. Okay. <laughs> the amalgam is back. The amalgam universe is back. <laughs> Mr. Oh, Fantastic. Uh, but Uh-oh. Mr. Manhattan. Oh my God, what was it? They spent, I think it was 60000 or 600000 just to animate his penis in that movie. I'm like, <laughs> I the amount of money that. on that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say you that. Okay. Everybody talks about that's that. The only, that's you the can't, only fact. You, you cannot talk about Watchmen and not bring up freaking <laughs> Dr. Manhattan's blue CGI dong. <laughs> I just saw the, what is it, Frost, the other Frost on Twitter. He was asking about, it was like, oh, Watchmen, is it worth watching? And I was like, oh, let me look in the comments. Yep. Somebody's talking about Manhattan's blue dong. Of I course. Did. It's, it was a visually amazing movie, and anyone, all anyone remembers is the Blue Dawn. That is it. What does I that say? So many people hate that movie or don't like that movie, and I don't, I don't I, get it. It is almost a shot-for-shot recreation of what's in the book. Like, I have the graphic novel. I've read the graphic mm-hmm. novel three or four times in my lifetime. And, and don't get me wrong, the, the movie is a... A pale imitation of the actual original story so if if you liked the movie go read the book because you will love the book uh i mean the plot points are still the same but there's still little nuances and stuff in that are yeah. in the comic book that they just don't have time for or that they couldn't fit into the movie but that being said the movie is just about a shot for shot recreation of what's in the comic book i mean the the what is it the citadel or whatever tower and he ends up building on mars oh god yeah in the comic book that is almost exactly shot for shot line for line what was drawn in the comic book so i don't understand why why people had so, so much dislike for this this movie that was almost the exact same storyline i mean they changed one thing about it at the end yeah. uh I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but they they changed what I feel is kind of a minor, a little bit of a minor detail at the end, uh, you know, as to who is to blame for something. I thought but, it was a pretty smart change, honestly, because if you read the comics, and a lot of people did, they're expecting that and then they don't get that. I thought that was a pretty good change. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, a, it's maybe it was a, a danged if you do and danged if you don't situation where it's like Very well true. you can either do an exact replica of what was in the comic books and add nothing new and people will complain about that or you add something new and be like oh you're changing a classic <laughs> you know? which is true I mean it's a great story uh, V for Vendetta kind of the same lines a lot of people I think less people hated that one uh, that's, did, there's too many douchebags about that movie oh my god <laughs> Very a lot of very anarchistic people who don't know what anarchy is because of because of E for Vendetta. They just really like that movie. Right. It, that one's very different from the comic though, in a lot of ways. It's similar in a lot of ways, but different in others. Mm-hmm. But uh Watchmen, it was a fine movie. I think it, it just it does pay only comparison to the comic, just because there's so much more going on in the comic. Like you, right. as big as that movie was, it didn't fit everything. And how could you? There's just so much. No, no. There were some slight nods to it, though. Like at the, at the end of Watchmen, you see uh, the the kid with the glasses who's reading the comic book, uh, right in the in New York City, and in the comic book, you see this kid reading. You see him every every so often. He's reading yeah. a, a comic book uh, 
in the comic book. So he's, you know, it's a play within a play, if you will. That was the but one thing uh, that I that I do find interesting that they took out because that's such an interesting part of the comic is the pirate ships is the pirate comic, mm-hmm. and and the newsstand guy and the kid. Like they took out the majority of that. Like there, you see a little bit of it, I think, just as a nod to it. But it was right. such an interesting, yeah, play within a play, and how it's kind of in a way just telling you what the story's about just differently. Right. So it's interesting seeing that taken out, and you could argue it does take the spirit out of it, but it's, it is something that, as far as the movie goes, they have to make concessions, they have to cut things out, and yeah, that's a big chunk uh, that could be cut out, and they did, but there's a director's cut with it, and I haven't seen that, and so I don't know. I don't know either. Um, and that's what some people were saying to Frost, was like, oh, make sure you watch the director's cut, or make sure you watch the special edition, or whatever, uh, for all the extra footage, but I really don't think, I don't know, me personally, it's just my personal opinion. I don't really think in the movie, it. I think it would have caused more confusion to have his scenes inserted in there uh, as opposed to, to just removing them. Because they make sense. And they, I mean, they kind of make sense in the comic book, They, but they also kind of throw off the, the tempo, tempo uh, of it. So. There's there's so much in the comic that throws off the tempo anyway. Like the last couple pages of Watchmen, where it's just interviews or whatever. Like one is the interview with Silk Spectre's mother, the original one, yep. and she's talking about. And this is just all world building that you don't necessarily have to read, but you have to because it's part of the world. Because it's the world is limited to just twelve issues at this point before they wrote all the other stuff later on. And that was the thing with Alan Moore was he was creating the world as he was writing it. And so he had to give you backstory as you're going forward. And yeah, you have the, in- the interview with Silk Spectre where she's hinting at, because people are like, well, is she dating the first hero ever, the guy with the noose? And, like, and she's hinting that he's actually gay and stuff like that. And so you're mm-hmm. learning about him and you're learning about all these other characters because she talks about other heroes at the time. And so he's building the world with these interviews or I can't remember some of the other things at the end. But the book is, in a lot of ways, it's such a weird flow that you could argue just that alone is why it would be really hard to make a movie, but they still made the movie and it was pretty competent. I think it just has that Zack Snyder's flair that either you like it or you don't like it at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's one of his, I'm not a huge Zack Snyder fan, but I, I like that one. That one, 300, of course. <laughs> My problem with Zack Snyder is maybe two things. His love of just having really drab colors. Like he just right. loves the dark filter. Yeah. And he uh, he's a little too gratuitous, I think, sometimes. He pushes a little too far, where a little less could have been more in some right. ways. An example would be when we see Owlman fighting people, he's giving them contusions and bones are coming out of their body because he's hitting right. them so hard. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. that's... Owlman seems like a guy who would not be that rough to me. He's, he's not. He's, yeah, and so like, Jesus Christ. Okay, he's a bit more rough than I think he'd be... Well, Rorschach, I'd believe that, because he's... Oh, the world has broken Rorschach. Oh, man. Rorschach so, is an amazing character. It, like, he... It's... Rorschach and Owlman are two different sides of Batman, in a way, to me. Like, uh, Rorschach is the... Just the deep, dark, gritty stuff of Batman, and then Owlman is the more campier, nicer part of Batman. And so, them combined as a partnership just feels right. Right. And so I just don't see Alman being that cruel while Roshak, he's seen such ugliness that he can only do cruelty at that point in his life. I don't know, like, it's the... 
we're just talking about Watchmen all of a sudden, but it's such a deconstruction, like in a true, honest deconstruction was what that comic was. And it was so good. So well done. Mm-hmm. And you just see, I wouldn't say imitators, but just other tries that just didn't hit it the same way. I think that's why Alan Moore was so successful. I mean, his take on comic book and comic book heroes, and I'm not sure on the whole backstory of the, was it the ethic, the comic book ethics council or whatever, you know, you used to have to have that stamp on there that said, Hey, this is uh, morally and ethically. Okay. From the comic (laughs) is some comic book council or guild or something that used to have to stamp on your comic books say you know you know the hero's a hero and the villain's a villain uh that kind of thing but um i think maybe alan moore was kind of a product of his times and he was able to kind of farm out that those interesting ideas of rorschach and uh you know the dark knight um was it the dark knight rise rises returns uh dark knight returns is uh frank miller but he did make the killing joke Killing oh, joke. There you go. Fred Miller's lost his goddamn mind, by the way. <laughs> okay. Sure but, he has. Alan uh, Moore's Alan Moore's not not that far behind. He's kinda yeah, Alan Moore's there. crazy too. Oh my god. Kinda out there too, but some comic book people they push the envelope in ways that are interesting, but also just downright insane. Uh but that's some digressing there. Oh no, Alan Moore's gone everywhere. He's he's gone across the map in the world he's created. Mm-hmm. And just I just like how the killing joke was just uh, he actually hated making it, and yet it's one of the favorite things people have of his. You don't get to choose what you're known for. You don't get to. Can I admit something and have not have the internet hate me for it? <laughs> what? I really don't like the killing joke. As far as a <laughs> Batman, as far as a Batman story, even it's, as far as like a Joker story. It's supposed to be a Joker story, story but it's, it's a such Joker. a rough story. Such it's, a, it's supposed to be a Joker origin story, but it's even not even that because I mean towards the end it's just like well this may be one of his mm-hmm. multiple t- he thinks his background is a multiple choice test and this <laughs> just may be the one he answers with today and it's just like well great you're telling me a story that may or may not have happened or may or may not actually matter and his backstory and so forth and you know I I mean I get the plot point and I get the theme of it of you know a, one person having a bad day can push them over the edge and. Mm-hmm. make up lose their mind but at the same time it's just i didn't really care for it as far as the story goes so it the one it, thing is it takes joker to such a brutal level like he's really brutal in that and i don't know it it comes down to what kind of batman you're a fan of mm-hmm. like how campy do you like batman how brutal do you like batman and how brutal and campy do you like his villains because you've got, like, super campy Adam West, which was fun. Like, I remember watching that. That was fun. You have more serious, but there's still some humor to it. The animated series Batman. A lot of the cartoon Batman. But then the comics, they have so many different versions of Batman where he's really gritty, really grim, dark, mm-hmm. And so are the villains. And, and I don't know. Um, Joker is really cruel in that one. He's really cruel in a lot of the newer ones, too. Like, New 52 Joker's pretty messed up. Uh, I'd say Rebirth Joker isn't as bad because he's kind of not around right now. Yeah. He's he's actually he's actually not around at all right now. But, um, I don't know, it just, it, this is the thing about comics is the different interpretations and ways people make characters. My biggest problem is whenever they have characters do crossovers where they make them really terrible versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have Batman, like, there's the one where Batman gets absolutely destroyed by Wonder Woman. 
and it's a Wonder Woman comic. So it's like, it's someone who doesn't like Batman putting him in a Wonder Woman comic. Of course, she's going to destroy him because he's being really dumb. Right. And you'll have comics where Wonder Woman's in Batman or Superman, and she's being really dumb. That's right. my one problem is I wish, like, when they do crossovers, they'd be a little more respectful to the other characters. You can have them be mind-controlled or just... For some reason, there's a difference in opinion, but sometimes it just make them outright, this is not the right, this is not the character at all kind of situation. So to bring that <laughs> back into our other discussion of oh, Zack geez. Snyder, back to Zack Snyder, Batman, <laughs> Batman versus Superman. What are your uh, thoughts? What was the point of that movie? Um, mm. I, 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 I don't understand what's going on with Batman in that movie. Cause like, Batman's my my guy. When it comes to DC, Batman's my guy. Uh, Superman's always been cool and all, but Batman's my guy. And they both have terrible motivations and terrible reasoning, both of them. Batman's like, I blame Superman for all this crap. Uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go kill him. And and I have to stop you because you're killing people. Well, yeah. I have to stop you because you're killing people. Yeah, and Alfred has the best thing. Like Alfred just says a line that should have put Bruce in his place, which was. Uh, him becoming more cruel. Like, he's like, and then they, he just says this line, which is amazing, which is, and I can't remember it, how amazing is that? Um, where he's saying, where he's basically saying that Batman's becoming more cruel, and right. Batman just shrugs it off. Right. And my one thing is just the reasoning of the the Batman brand gets people killed, and like, no, no, that <laughs> that's not get them killed. He's gonna be like, man, Batman's a real asshole, he branded that guy. <laughs> he's a real jerk. How does that get people killed? Right. People, criminals hate Batman. I don't understand. The best scene in that movie for Batman was when the cops are finding him, and it's kind of a horror movie, and he's just kind of really scary. Mm. That was an amazing scene. That right there, I'm like, oh yeah, making Batman kind of scary was great. When he goes action hero and starts murdering people, like, uh, no. Like, you can argue whether or not Batman's allowed to kill or not, depending on what era of Batman anyway. But I've always seen him as... This, this is where I've never seen him as a killer. That's probably from the Batman animated series. But the movies, he's always killed people. He's killed people since the... Maybe not Adam West, but the... <laughs> Michael Keaton Batman has killed people. I don't know if... Ma I don't remember if Adam West has ever killed anyone. No. But Michael Keaton Batman, which is like the first Batman movie besides that one, he's <laughs> killed people in that one. And so Batman's always killed people in the movies, but in the comics, sure. I don't remember if he's ever killed anyone besides been forced to. And in the cartoons, he's never really killed anyone. And so I guess it depends on what you've seen and what you consider your Batman, I guess. Uh, I like the Under the Red... Have you seen Under the Red Hood? The animated uh, That movie? one? Oh, God. Yeah. With him and Jason Todd and... That end point? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's the Batman I like, where he's just like, God no, it's too easy. <laughs> yeah, like, I love that one. That was that was one of the best exchanges and one of the best lines in that whole movie. It was just like, why couldn't you? I mean, I could understand Two Face, or I can understand uh, the Riddler, or really, yeah. But why not this guy? You know, if he had done this to you, I would have. You know, I would have ended him. Is it too hard? And he's like, no, it would have been too damn easy. It's like, oh, that's the Batman I love. Yeah, that's the Batman I like. It's just like, no, I can't, I can't kill somebody because it it just be too easy. It's like, where do I stop after that? Like, yeah. how do I decide? You know, who do I kill? But 
to answer your question about the, what was the point of Batman vs. Superman movie, my theory is that it was just to ruin and get rid of so many great scenes and so many great plot <laughs> points and just pour them down the flipping toilet. Ugh, I... There, there are fans who are like, "This is the best comic movie ever made." I'm like, "No, you have a problem." Like, yeah, I love DC. Uh, between the comics, DC is my comics. I like DC comics a lot. Deadpool's the only Marvel comic I read. I love DC comics, but Marvel movies are killing it compared to DC movies. But no, animated, no. DC is a monster at animated movies. Those are amazing. Like you just said, yeah. Under the Red Hood, that one's really good. Uh, some of the more Justice League ones are pretty good. Uh, the Batman is just amazing. Judas Contract, Judas Contract? The Teen, Teen Titans one that was a little, it was a little creepy at times, but it was, <laughs> overall it was good. Uh, the scenes with Terra and and uh, Deathstroke were a little uh, <laughs> pervy, I guess, oh, if you geez. will. But they made me a little uncomfortable. Maybe but. maybe the newest year, not so much. Uh, <laughs> I I was at Comic Con. I got to see Batman and Harley Quinn, which was that was a journey there. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a Harley Quinn movie, not a Batman movie, and Batman's the butt of the jokes in that. So if you're a fan of Harley Quinn, you might like. It. If you're not a f- if you're a fan of Batman, you might not like it. Right. Funny things happen in that thing, but it's it's such a, and it's Bruce Tim making it. Bruce Tim made it, and True. he's like, after the Killing Joke, I needed to laugh. Is the is the quote that he said, mm-hmm. and because the Killing Joke is so dark, and so he just want to have. It's a funny movie, but it's at Batman's expense, mm-hmm. and. Animated movies are just really good. There's The Son of Batman. Uh, that was good. That one's really good. good. Uh, there's those the, the animated movies are just really good. I like those. Of course, there's I don't I don't think it's the first one, but one of the first ones is of course Night of the Phantasm, which is a classic. Oh yes. And Sub Zero, which is also a classic. Like Batman has had amazing animated even, movies. Even even Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker, that was oh, a yeah. great movie too. Oh god, one oh, what was it? It's Jason Todd, isn't it? When it's it's little Jason Todd, isn't it? Or it's Tim Drake. Oh, it's Tim. Tim. It's Tim Drake. Yep. That whole thing is amazing. It's right. kids watch those movies. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch those movies. Don't watch the live action stuff. They're yeah. they're terrible. I mean, Wonder Woman was B minus C plus yeah. area. It was but all those other ones are garbage. Suicide Squad, you know. What? Oh, you want to watch a good Suicide Squad movie? Go watch Batman: Assault on Arkham. Yes, that, that was really a good. good Suicide Squad movie. That okay. is a, sui- a Suicide Squad done right. Suicide Squad—they're actually allowed to be villains. They're mm-hmm. actually fighting against each other, not working with each other. Oh, it's just amazing. Go watch it. Don't watch Suicide Squad. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. Don't oh, waste God. any brain cells thinking about that. <laughs> piece of garbage the only <laughs> movie that was worse than that that year and i won't fight anybody whatever to the death over was batman vs superman Ooh. and that's that's only because batman vs superman like i said they wasted so many good plot points oh. so many good scenes uh like the dark knight rises like we were talking about frank miller the mm. the kryptonite gas that came from that comic book movie. And now it's just me. I'm sitting through that movie. I'm watching the scene. And at the end of it, I'm just like, you know what? Nobody's ever going to be able to use this plot point again. It, they just wasted it. You just flushed it down the toilet. Because anytime you do it in a movie hereafter, it's going to be like, oh, they did it. They already did it. Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> oh, that, that movie's a turd. Uh, yeah, it's it's not great. I just... 
I don't know. I don't know how the hell people think it's great. I'm worried about Justice League because Wonder, Wonder Woman gave hope. Wonder By comparison, uh, so everything post Christopher Nolan, whether you like or, or hated the third one, everything post Christopher Nolan though has just not been so great with DC movies. Uh, Wonder Woman creates hope again, mm-hmm. and she's about hope. There, there were some points in that movie that were not so great, but there's some points that were pretty good. Uh, the No Man's Land scene was amazing. Right. Like, that was amazing. And they could have made it terrible. She could have said, oh, it's No Man's Land? Well, I'm not a man. She could have said yeah, that and yeah. made it terrible. Yeah. I was waiting for that for her to say it, and she didn't. Uh, I was so happy. I think I'm it like, went without mm. saying. Even without it being said, I was still a little yeah. cringe. It was still a little cringe for uh, me. It's like, this is no man's land. I'm like they, uh, they could have made it so much worse, though. Like I like that they didn't, and and because they didn't, I was like, oh, good. I'm refreshed by this. I'm refreshed my, by I, that. My theory is that WB was just like, oh, it's Wonder Woman. Uh, <laughs> just do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> just make a make a Wonder Woman movie. Why not? Who cares? We'll throw some money at it, and then they were just kind of like hands off with it because mm-hmm. they didn't care. I, yeah. I feel like that's. How it that's what's going wrong with Superman and going what's wrong with Batman versus Superman. And that's what I'm worried about with Justice League is that they're gonna there's there's no love for it, basically. Yeah. There's like, oh, explosions. We gotta put in some really great CGI and we gotta do this, that, and the other. And it's just like, well, how about we have a good story first? I feel like that's being lost over the uh the not the quantity, I guess, but loss, loss of focus on the the quality of the script or the story mm-hmm. in general, the bare bones of the story. And you know, like it's Superman like, doesn't Superman doesn't kill people. That's not Superman. Come on, he's a symbol of hope, and and that's what irritates me about the new Justice League trailer is like they're trying to build on. Superman being the symbol of hope, but yeah. in these last last three movies, what is he? He's been a villain. Yeah, he's been I, killing people, destroying cities. It's like, oh, this is our symbol of hope. Yeah, I didn't understand go. that. Yeah, I see it on the trailer. I'm like, what? what? Way to go, you WB! Spent, you spent so much time crapping on Superman because yeah. apparently he needs to get crapped on. That yep. he's the symbol of hope. You're kidding me, right? Like, yeah. I understand because you had the points where he he had Jesus allegory with with like Mexico. He's saving people in Mexico and all these other places. Yeah, but we're talking about the U.S. The U.S. has villainized the crap out of Superman, and mm. so how are they looking him at him as a symbol of hope after the crap he's done in their thing? I'm sorry, you just made me think of uh, Channel Awesome and his review of uh oh, okay. man, man of steel and he's just like so many scenes he's just like i am jesus <laughs> i am jesus i remember that now it's been a while like, since i saw that one i remember i watched that and like angry joe chimes in and stuff on that i remember that oh yeah uh oh geez but yeah i, I hope justice league i i hope but I I feel like they should let them do whatever they want because Flash is going to be called Flashpoint, which means they're just going to reset everything. Mm. Like Flashpoint is the part is what caused the New Fifty Two in the comics. You can't just name the Flash movie Flashpoint and not reset the movies. Is my opinion. So I think they're just going to reset the movies and then we'll see what happens there. While Marvel's doing Infinity War, and I'm really curious how that's going to go because people are going to die. It's Infinity War. It's Thanos. 
People don't die. I don't know what to say because it's Thanos. It's the Infinity Gauntlet. It's gonna be crazy. Um, yeah, I, I have a feeling Iron Man may not make it through that movie. Uh, I can guarantee Captain America is not gonna make it. I can guarantee Captain America is not gonna make it because he doesn't want to do Captain America anymore. Uh, so uh, I figure he's not gonna make <laughs> it. So it better be a really cool scene. Iron Man's probably not going to make it because that's his, that's his so last expensive. one. Yeah, he's well, so expensive his, as well. The last one in his contract, mm-hmm. I think, is, is that one. They said he was going to be in 4, like Iron Man 4, but I, I guess we'll see. It could always shake up. That's how it is. Um, But it should be the last uh, Captain America unless they get until they get like another Captain America. But it should be his last one because he wants to just be a director now, is what I know. And, like, my favorite Captain America scene, just as a, uh, a scene of just being Captain America, is in Civil War, when he's holding the helicopter together, with heli- yeah. helicopter and the helipad. He's like, oh my, that was just such a cool-looking feat of strength. I'm like, oh, jeez. Just, like, he's like, just, like, just holding, like, okay, that just looks really cool. That just, just looks the, cool. It was like, the curls, get the <laughs> girls. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, jeez, okay, we, we're going long, so... Let's end this out. I just noticed the time. We talked about a lot of things, comics and everything, and is the beauty the beauty I feel of this podcast is we're talking about whatever we want to talk about. And I I find it all interesting. I really do. And so this has been basically a podcast. And before we finish it out, uh, a lesson you've learned over your time uh, doing content creation. Lesson I've learned doing content creation. Wow. Uh... I, would th- I thought you were going to ask me like a life lesson. I was ready for life <laughs> lessons. Not so much content creation. Uh, don't be a jerk. I mean, and like we were saying earlier, everybody starts somewhere. Don't be, I mean, don't be afraid to, to try something. If you try, if you try something and it doesn't work, you know, fail faster, you know, try it. See what happens. It might be great. It might be junk. But until you actually do it, you never know. And sometimes when you're in the process of making something, you'll figure it out. Oftentimes. So, you know, fail faster. Go for it. You can do it. <laughs> it's pretty good advice. So we've had basically a podcast with me and the Kylax. And, oh, remembering one more thing. Where can you be found? There you go. That's it. You can find me online. I'm at... Uh... At the Kylax on Twitter. Uh, I'm also youtube.com slash the Kylax. And uh, if you want to email me, which, you know, or if your grandma wants to email me, because that seems to be <laughs> the only people who send emails nowadays, <laughs> it's uh, Kylax at hotmail.com. Damn. Not the Kylax. I don't know. One of these days I'll get ki- at Kylax at Twitter because that guy has never tweeted ever that account. Hmm does not exist but for some reason i can't get it i can't get huh. at kylax so go ahead and start that uh twitter hashtag give kylax kylax <laughs> give the kylax kylax i don't know i'd oh, have to man. think about it but that's where you can find me all right so there you go i had fun talking i uh, hope you had fun watching and listening and that's what's all about isn't it having fun thanks for coming by everyone and see you next time <laughs>